Hey guys, real quick, Dr. Dale here. All right, so I want you guys to do me a favor. Before you start this episode, please hit that pause button and click subscribe or click follow or click like, whatever it is. We work really hard to bring you guys this good information to uplift the entire community, and we really appreciate you guys supporting our efforts and our work. Love you guys. Enjoy the episode. What is up, family? It's Dr. Dale, the author of How to Raise a Doctor, Pre-Med Mondays, Black Men and White Coats, and the Dr. Doc Children's series. Grab your copies on Amazon.com or click the links below and I'll mail you a free copy. You got to cover your own shipping and handling. And of course, you listen to the Black Men and White Coats podcast, the place where black male clinicians have the platform to share their stories with listeners like you. Man, I am super excited about today's guest. I'm just going to tell you guys that right up front because he's a friend of mine, somebody I've known over the past few years now, just an absolutely phenomenal guy. I'll introduce you to him here in a second, but before I do, let me just check in. You know, I just want to uh, make sure everybody's doing good. I hope that everybody's surviving and making it through this COVID season. It's been rough. You know, all this stuff is coming out in the news now about black people being uh, affected and impacted by COVID at higher rates, disproportionate rates, I should say, than other populations, perhaps. And we knew it was going to happen, right? Um, if you listen to my COVID episode on the podcast several weeks ago, I talked about that. I said that was going to happen. Everybody knew that was going to happen. And it's just not now starting to come out. And I'm thinking about it as that news is coming out. It's making me just you know, want to pray for you guys even more earnestly and remember you guys because uh, that just means that people we know are being affected by this, right? People we know are being impacted by this. I know, you know, my brother lost a friend already. And uh, right now, my family, we have a close family friend in the ICU battling with COVID right now. So, you know, it's, it's impacting our population and it's not a good thing. So, you know, we're just praying for everybody who's who's being affected by it. And we're hoping that the situation just goes away. And that's all we can hope for right now. Um, that it goes away and we'll do our best social distancing. I believe in it. I, I encourage it. I, I hope that you guys are doing it in the bottom by to the best of your abilities. And, you know, with time, I believe that all this stuff will end and we'll return to life. Whatever that new normal life might be, we'll return to that and everybody will get back on track. Economy will get back. People lost jobs. All those things will they'll correct themselves. OK, so so be hopeful and and stay positive. It's the power of positive thinking. All right. Um, all right, real quick. So pre-meds, you guys already know it. Every episode, I got to remind you guys, if you're pre-med, you need to be on premedmondays.com. Go to premedmondays.com. You can you can join our coaching program. What we do is we coach you guys. So every Monday night, you get to hop on a video call with me, Dr. Daniel, another doctor or, or a med student, somebody who focuses on helping you guys be successful and hop on a video call with us for an hour, right? Every Monday night, pre-med Mondays, super dirt cheap. And I hate saying the word cheap because um, it's a good price. It's a great value, phenomenal value. We made it purposefully so nobody can say, hey, I can't afford it. We want to make sure that everybody who wants to do this can get the level of guidance needed to help you become successful if you're willing to put in the work. And we'll do our best. No guarantees, but we'll do our best for you guys. And if you're willing to put in the work, you know, I'm willing to bet the good things will, will happen in your life. So premedmondays.com. If you're pre-med, hop on there, register. And we will see you Monday night. All right. Uh, other one, diversemedicine.com. So diversemedicine.com. Everybody needs to be on diversemedicine.com. If you're a pre-health student, and you want a mentor, hop on there. We got mentors for you guys. There's med school recruiters who use it. Um, if you're a, a healthcare professional, hop on there. We need you guys. We need you guys to mentor. Right. So I'm on there. Other people, a lot of us are on there mentoring. We need you guys to mentor. Right. Let's let's raise the next generation of physician leaders. All right. So premedmondays.com for the premeds diversemedicine.com for pre-meds and for everybody else. We want to see you guys out there, all right? So, time for me to introduce my guy, Dr. Eddie Hackler III. Phenomenal guy. Phenomenal guy, man. 
um, you'll hear it. Uh, I, one of the things I like when he kicks us off, I'm not going to ruin it too much for you guys, but when he kicks this episode off, he talks about being the third. He likes to say that it took three tries to get it right. And Dr. Heckler is such a cool guy. I mean, I've known him for the past three, four years now. We both trained at the same institution. And, you know, brilliant doctor. Absolutely brilliant doctor. Cardiology. So it's going to the field of cardiology. At the time of this podcast, he's actually a fellow. So he's in his training to become a fully-fledged cardiologist. But he's a brilliant guy. Um, a fun guy to be around. Super smooth. Super cool guy. And anybody knows who knows Dr. Heckler, everybody knows that nobody's dressing like Dr. Heckler. Best dress. Step on the scene. He's got the socks right. Matching the tie, right? The pants got the right. Everything's right with Dr. Heckler's dress style, right? So when, when he's on the scene, you know it. He's in the room, right? Smooth guy. Um, but what I like most about him is that he's extremely humble. Um, very humble gentleman. Um, and just fun to be around. You know, you can feel comfortable around him. You know, he cares about the conversation you're having with him. He cares about his patients. And and he's just a brilliant doctor all the way overall. And I know this guy's again because I've actually worked with him. So I know that for a fact. Now, I, w- I will tell you, even knowing him, certain things in this podcast did surprise me. I'm going to. I'm going to call some of them out right now for you guys to to pay attention to. Um, the first thing, I, which doesn't really surprise me, but was a great thing I, I want you guys to pay attention to is he keeps on coming back to this idea of his why. Coming back to his why, you know. We, and he'll talk about leaving the house and then looking for his why. Then when he found his why and how his why is playing a role in his life. I wish more people would think like that. I wish more people would think like Dr. Heckler does. Right. The second thing, which actually this one surprised me, was imposter syndrome. So, you know, for the time I've known him, I, had, I didn't know he was facing imposter syndrome at certain times. And I, I should have known because I face imposter syndrome. And I think all of us do to a certain extent. Right. But I want you guys to listen to this episode and, and catch the imposter syndrome. When it talks about it, I want you guys to catch it. And when you catch it, I want you to pause it, stop and reflect on your own life. Because we all have imposter syndrome. I want you to reflect on your own life and, and try to tease out where the imposter syndrome is in your life and how you're dealing with it, and think about what Dr. Heckler said, and how he dealt with it, things of that sort, right, these are things that help us grow, we do this podcast, it's not just entertainment, I know I love listening to them, for me it's entertainment to a certain level, but more importantly, these podcasts are meant for growth, I want you guys to grow from listening to this podcast, whether you're a 7th grader, or whether you're a 70 year old, right, everybody can grow from hearing somebody else's story, Right. That's what we focus on. Black men and white coats. By now, if you guys didn't know, you guys should know everything we do is about putting on other people to tell their stories because we grow from hearing each other's story. All right. So that's that's what we do. And I want you guys to grow from Dr. Heckler's story because there's so much gold in it. It's so nutritious. There's so much fruit. So it's so vital. So listen to the things he says and grow from it. Introducing my guy, the sharpest dressed doc you ever go meet my guy, Dr. Eddie Heckler. The third. Oh, I want them bad like a dog, yeah. Oh, let do it like flogger, yeah. I'm kicking flavor, no saga, yeah. Hey, I like them blues. I might go Janet like Jackson. I got the margin, yeah. It's all about progression. Life is like a blessing. Everything a win, loss is like a lesson. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, ain't no time for stressing. I've been really stepping. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, if you wanna go get it, stop playing around. Really got on racks, ain't playing around. Wanna go get it, stop playing around. Really got on racks, ain't playing around. Black man, white yeah. coat, shit, we up right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you gotta set you a goal. Hello, hello. Uh, my name is Eddie Hackler the Third, and I want to say what an honor it is to be featured on the Black Men in White Coats podcast. I wanted to start off my story by 
telling you all kind of generally um, who I am. Um, so I was named after my dad and my grandfather. And I like to say that, you know, it took three times to finally get it right. <laughs> um, I was born and raised uh, here in Cleveland, Ohio, and I'm the oldest of all my siblings. And if you ask them, they'll tell you that I left at 17 and never came back. Uh, but in reality, I left on an academic scholarship uh, with the goal of discovering my life purpose. And until now, I hadn't been back to live since. Um, so in the time that I've been away, I've resided in other cities in Ohio, uh, different boroughs in New York City um, and Tennessee and Texas. While I was away, I engulfed myself in leadership and service, uh, which has kept me busy. Um, but most importantly, uh, it allowed me to pay what was done for me for to others. So in that time, I joined a fraternity. I served as the president of a number of student organizations and served as a student ambassador, which led to my election as an HBCU campus king in 2013 to 2014. And that lended me the opportunity to then sit on the board of trustees of my medical school as well. Um, I've mentored medical students, high school students, college students all over the nation. Um, I had the opportunity to intern with Dr. Oz on his television show. I created content and research content for his segments. Um, which was a pretty great experience. I also, I traveled to West Africa on a medical mission trip, um, working at their local hospital. I lived in South Africa for a short while. Practice, I got to practice medicine from a global health perspective, and I was able to immerse myself um, in their culture. Um, so it's a little bit about me in general. Uh, I think the as far as the topic that we're talking about today, I think the best thing to start with is, okay, why did I want to become a doctor? So um, I think I've told this story many times, but just growing up as the oldest child, I've always had a great deal of responsibility. Um, and I think being the oldest, I've like had an innate drive to want to just take care of other people. So growing up, my brother, he had really bad asthma, and my grandfather had a lot of different comorbidities that he was in and out of the hospital for, taking lots of medications for. And between the two of them growing up and seeing them um, go in and out of the hospital, have to go to a lot of different doctor's visits, uh, it made me want to be able to one day take care of them. So they would be sick. They would go to the doctor and they would come back and they would be healed. And that was just so fascinating to me. And I said, oh, that's I want to have that power. I want to have that ability to to do that. So from the young age of about five, I would say I wanted to become a doctor. So I knew that going through the rest of elementary school and middle school um, and high school. And eventually I got to college and in college, I was a pre-med major, um, biology specifically with a minor in chemistry. However, um, during my time in college, you know, you know, you're exposed to so many new things. It was the first time in my life that I thought about another field outside of being a doctor. You know, I, 
I shadowed a dentist um, because I was fascinated with uh, teeth at that time. I had just got my braces off, so I felt really good about my teeth, and I liked my orthodontist. So I did some shadowing with a general dentist and an orthodontist. Then also, I had been really active in a lot of the leadership positions on campus, so I got to work with a, a lot of um, our um, faculty um, that worked in the College of the President's office. So uh, I... I um, shadowed one of our college presidents while I was in college, and I had I had a good experience with that as well. So at this point, I, I'm like, okay, well, I can't make a decision. Like, I've always wanted to be a doctor, but now I have all these things that I'm doing that seem attractive to me now. So um, I was asked to apply for a summer research program. Um, in New York City at Albert Einstein College. So I told myself, all right, you know what? Well, you know what? I'll do this. I'll If I get it, then I'll go and I will take on the task and we'll see at the end of, you know, this, if I still want to be a doctor or do I want to do something different. So um, luckily I was accepted into the program. So I got, I spent the summer doing genetics research on mice hearts, um, which was oddly interesting to me. And I was surrounded by a lot of other med- uh, well, college students who were wanting to go to medical school and who wanted to be doctors as well. And just being around in that environment, it fueled my fire so much more in, in regards to what it is that I wanted to do, and that was to become a doctor. So during that, during that summer, actually, I started stu- studying for the MCAT. Um, and the first time I took the MCAT, I got a very low score. I was actually encouraged by uh, my college counselor at the time to, you know, take the test again and then reapply. Because um, I didn't, I, I took, I had some books. I think there is exam crackers, and I just read the books and then I took the test. Um, but I'm a very pretty headstrong person, so. And optimistic, so I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna apply anyway. I've already taken the test, and I had at that time I actually already applied to the schools. They were just waiting for my score for my MCAT. So I continued with my application, and I think I may have gotten maybe two or three interviews, and I was rejected from every school that I applied to. One of those schools that I did interview at was Meharry Medical College, and they had a post bat program for those who applied to the school but didn't get accepted. And it was a small class of us, about 20, and um, I was accepted into that class. So I, the point of the post-baccalaureate program at the time was to spend a year taking courses that would help prepare you for the MCAT, and then you would retake the MCAT. And if you do well, then you would be automatically accepted into, into the next year's uh, medical school. So um, I did what I, I did what I had to do. I grinded. I I did everything that I felt like I needed to do in order to make this happen. And um, luckily, it did happen. So um, I was able to matriculate into the next um, year's medical school class. And um, now I am a medical student. Well, now at that time, I was a medical student. So um, my medical school experience was amazing, to say the least. I was at a place where most people looked like me. 
And that was the first time I had ever been in in an, in an environment like that. And I think that being in that environment, it helped groom me as a man. And at the time, as a future doctor, I think one of my, I think my most rewarding experience would be serving as Mr. Meharry, that HBCU campus king that I mentioned earlier. And in that position, um, I was the face for the school to the surrounding community. And for the school and the students, I was the community service ambassador. And I say it was rewarding because through that position, I was able to finally find that purpose that I sought out look to look for when I left the house at 17. I finally found it during this position. Um, it was a position where uh, I had to be selfless. I had to give myself to not only the community, but to the students who had elected me to this position. And one event that I hosted was a, a men's outreach event where we went to barbershops and we talked to black men about the importance of healthcare and briefly about racial disparities. And this men's outreach program actually eventually turned into a small research project that I completed through the National Medical Fellowship Program. And through this experience, I learned more about health disparities, specifically um, cardiac, uh, cardiac um, disparities amongst black men in comparison to their white counterparts. And that experience led specifically to my interest in cardiology and why at that moment I decided, oh, this is the route that I want to take. So... At this point now, I know that I want to be a cardiologist, so I have to. I realized that okay, well, I have to do an internal medicine residency before I can even apply to a fellowship in cardiology. So, um, I wanted to go somewhere where I thought my chances would be high of matching into a cardiology program, and um, I ended up matching at UT Southwestern in Dallas, Texas, um, which at the time had a very uh, sh- strong reputation. They still do. Um, just for being a very uh, demanding program. the What I wanted was to be competent when I left residency. I wanted to feel confident as a doctor. And the sense that I got when I uh, interviewed there was that this would be a place for me to feel that way. And I think, um, I think when I went in, I had no idea um, how things were going to play out. But um, the first thing I realized this is a culture shock because I was no longer in a place where I was the majority. I was now the minority. And my first year was a very difficult transition, um, mostly because I was just so hard on myself and I constantly felt like I was falling behind my peers. But I stayed persistent and I stayed hopeful. And through evaluations and conversations with faculty, um, I realized that this was not the case. Uh, actually, wasn't doing I was actually doing I was actually doing a, a good job overall um, and I definitely wasn't doing the, the poor job that I thought I was doing at the time um, so I came out with a new sense of confidence in my abilities and I feel like this it propelled me forward through the rest of my time in residency um, so after residency um, I decided you know I still want to be a cardiologist so I applied for fellowship and I matched at uh, Case Western in Cleveland Ohio so I was going back home 
So currently I'm in my first year of cardiology fellowship. And for those who don't know, um, uh, fellowship is, uh, is an optional track after you finish your residency if you want to further specialize in a, in a, uh, a specialty. So, um, I decided this is what I wanted to do. So the learning curve has been very steep this year. And for the first time in my journey, I felt significant amounts of doubt. Um, whereas residency, you know, you're building upon and you're applying information that you learned in medical school. In fellowship, you are learning brand new information that is very meticulous. Um, and you're learning a lot of this information all at once. And it can become very overwhelming. Now, the silver lining in this is that I'm I'm enjoying learning cardiology, um, but this year has been actually probably my most difficult year throughout my matriculation through um, medicine in general. Um, but I've been dealing with these doubts with some advice that I try to give to others, and that is remembering your why. Like I've been remembering why I wanted to become a doctor and why I wanted to specifically become a cardiologist. And as most people will die of heart disease, I felt like this was my way of feeling like I could do the most good for the most people. So I'm a big quotes guy. Um, I love quotes. I think they get me through <laughs> my day to day, my week to week, month to month, year to year. But one of my favorite quotes um, is actually from the late Nipsey Hussle. And he says, um, find your purpose or you're wasting air. And what I'm doing now feel it feels like it's leading me to my purpose. And that keeps me inspired in times of doubt um, and struggle. Another Another quote that I like is from Tony Robbins, and it says that you have to fail in order to be successful. And that seems like an oxymoron. Um, but the more that I that I fail at certain things, I, I've learned to understand the meaning behind these words. So like, in my mind, when you succeed, you know, you celebrate. Um, but when you fail, you stop and you ponder, um, and you take a step back and you plan. And this requires you to make yourself vulnerable to understanding what you have done wrong or what you can do more to change your situation. Um, so in conclusion, um, the one bit of advice that I love to give to other people, no matter no matter what, but specifically in medicine, um, the road to medicine will be long, will be arduous. There will be times where you'll be discouraged, but you have to remember your why, um, and you can't let failure be your final destination, um, but you have to use that as your starting point to success. My name is Eddie Hacker III, and I am a black man in a white coat. Shout out, shout out, shout out to you, Dr. Eddie Hacker III. <laughs> My God, man, amazing, amazing. Again, you know, Dude's just so cool, and I really appreciate him taking the time to do this fellowship. It's a very busy time period, and especially with everything that's going on right now with COVID, for him to take a few minutes and out of his day and, and, and share his story with you guys. Um, you know, I just think that's awesome, and I appreciate him for, for doing that. Now, I told you guys to catch that imposter syndrome in here. You know, he talked about through this about how he struggled at times. At least he felt like he was struggling. We all struggle, of course. I struggle. I tell you, I've been through it myself. And he felt like he was struggling, and he took a step back, and, and it seems to me, what he did was he he 
he got feedback from other people. So first of all, it starts with him, right? He, you know, dug deep within, see what he needed to do, what his feelings were. But then he got feedback from other people. He starts to look at his evaluations and to hear from other people around him to to get a more appropriate vision, more accurate vision as to what was going on in his life. It's very easy for us to at times feel as though we're not good enough to be in certain fields. And, you know, he talks about um, coming from my HBCU and, and coming and having this culture shock. And, you know, I didn't attend an HBCU so I'm not necessarily want to speak on it, but my wife actually went to the same medical school he went to. And I actually I spent a lot of time at that medical school with her um, back then. And and when she came out of there, she did tell me she had similar things, right? So these are these are real things that we have to deal with. And when you're switching environments and and having to deal with these feelings where you start questioning yourself, right? These are real things. And you know the funny thing again to me is, like I said, I work with Dr. Hackler. So everything he's saying to me is kind of like, dude, you were a smart dude. Like you knew what you were doing <laughs> when I worked with you. So I know, I know he was on point. I know he's a strong doctor, but it's these thoughts and things that kind of get at us. And I'm, in, I'm in the same boat. I do it to myself too, right? End of the day, I know I'm, a, I'm I know I'm a, I'm a good doctor, right? I have nothing else to say. I might not be the the world's number one doctor, but hey, I can take care of some patients. Okay, I spend time, I study. Still, even at my level, I wake up in the morning, I do practice questions, I study this stuff, right? Um, but I. Still doubt myself at times. I still catch myself standing at the bedside and say, "Man, am I doing the right thing?" And that's something that we all deal with, and and knowing how to overcome that is important. And, and I'm and I'm honing down on this because I know almost for a fact that everybody listening to this podcast has dealt with this. And I want you guys to really take the time and use this opportunity to evaluate how you address it easily. When I go speak, you know, I have a slide, an imposter syndrome slide, in one of my talks. Right when I put that slide up. You, the crowd goes, oh, everybody feels it. Everybody feels that. And that's something that we need to take on, especially, you know, um, as unrepresented minorities who might be listening to this and there's anybody else who might feel marginalized. Very important to realize that imposter syndrome is, um, I'm not going to say it's fake, but it's a real thing, but that feeling is not accurate. So very important for you guys to all realize that. Man, but Dr. Eddie Hackler, super cool guy. Thank you so very much for doing this. You know, you you enlightened me from this episode. You had me go back and reflect. I got better. I grew from listening to this episode. And for that, Dr. Eddie Hackler III, I'm very much appreciative. Um, to all the listeners, to the pre-meds, premedmondays.com, premedmondays.com. Join. I'll see you guys on Monday night. If you guys hop on and join the program, you know, you get to chat with me for an hour or another doctor or a med student, somebody who really focuses on trying to make sure you guys are going to be successful. Uh, DiverseMedicine.com for everybody else who wants to get a mentor, who wants to mentor. Let's do what we can to help each other, guys. The whole idea is for everybody to be successful. There's no competition here. Let's all make it together. Let's let's make healthcare better for everybody, white, black, Hispanic, Asian, uh, Native American, Alaska, and Pacific Island, no matter what you are. We're in this medicine thing together to lift up the health of everybody so we can all live to our fullest potential. Love you guys. Really appreciate you guys listening to Black Men and White Coast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Have a good one. Ooh. I want them bad like a daddy, yeah. Only do it like flagger, yeah. I'm kicking flame with no saga, yeah. Hey, I like them blues. I might go Janet like Jackson. I got the margin, yeah. It's all about progression. Life is like a blessing. Everything a win, loss is like a lesson. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, ain't no time for stressing. I've been really stepping. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, if you wanna go get it, stop playing around. Really got on racks, ain't playing around. Wanna go get it, stop playing around.
gotta set you a goal.